Well, the non-conference portion of the schedule is over, and it's time for us to take a look back at some surprises and disappointments, but then project ahead to how the Tar Heels are going to do in conference play. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Wednesday, December 28th, 2022. Welcome in to the Locked on Tar Heels podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Shaden. Joining me is our guy, Coach Hack Kilby. We want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or watch every single day to make sure you get the best Tar Heels content out there. If you're here looking for a uh, holiday bowl preview, that was yesterday's show, so make sure you go check that out before the game tonight. Go heels, go beat up on Bo Nix. Quack, 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 Mr. Ducksworth. That's a Mighty Ducks reference for you, Pat Gilby, on a Wednesday. So here's what we're going to do for you today, folks. Let me give you the setup. We're going to look at, hey, what are some storylines we're both paying attention to in the conference portion of the schedule? We're going to give you our predictions for where Carolina is going to finish, their conference record, all of that kind of stuff. But first, we do want to take a look back at the non-conference portion of the schedule before we get um, into looking ahead. And so basically what we're going to do is each of us has prepared one surprise Yay, positive surprise, and one disappointment that we're going to share with you um, so that we can kind of look at wrapping it up and summarizing it that way. By the way, for those of you watching on YouTube, I'm at an Airbnb hanging out with my family for the holidays in the heart of Dallas, Texas. And so I'm down in this like room. I don't know. I'm in the basement somewhere and there's a bed beside me. It's a whole thing. Anyway, uh, Pac's at his school. This is what happens during the holidays, but we're making it happen. Pack, it's good to be together. Merry Christmas, buddy. I'm so thankful for you. I'd love to hear your surprise from the non-conference portion of the schedule. My biggest surprise, and I don't know, I mean, I don't know if, if others expected this or not, but I've been really surprised with how Leakey's been playing. Hmm. And uh, obviously, you know, we know what he does on the defensive end and just how good he is for us there. But really what he's done on the offensive end has been surprising to me and uh, just how consistent he's been. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not and, – and it's not that he's going out there putting 15 sure. to 20 yeah. points per game up a night, but he's been consistent. You know, he shot the three fairly well. He's rebounded really well. He's, you know, he's gotten to the rim, you know, pretty easily, I feel like, um, consistently. Yeah, it and feels so, like he's being more aggressive with that, yeah, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the deal is with that, like, he's he's making the defense respected, you know, and whereas, you know, maybe last year or, or previous years they didn't quite have to, and now they do. And so um, I just um, – I'm pleasantly surprised with, with how he's contributed offensively to our team, and I like where we're at with him. What about you? Um, well, and first to your point about his three-point shooting, other than Jackson Watkins, who's one for one, and what a one it was from three-point range, <laughs> Leakey has the best three-point percentage on the team of anyone at 37.5%. And so you're spot on with that pack. I love it. Uh, for me, it is Tyler Nickel. Now, I know he's not setting the world on fire. He's not burning it up. But I'd, you know, from conversations you and I had a lot this summer and in the preseason leading up to things, I just didn't, I was like, you know, he'll get spot minutes here and spot minutes there, but he's really been getting more time than I thought or anticipated he would. 
And I'm just happy for that because there are going to be times this season where Carolina is going to need him in this. Now, you know, thinking ahead a little bit where Carolina is going to need him when there's a foul issue or just something happens and the game calls for like, Hey, I need somebody to come in and not be afraid of this moment and go out and score a couple buckets. And and Tyler's going to do that. He had that monster game by his standards right now against the Citadel and, and has shown that he can do it, but it's just a neat thing where you and I, um, you know, we're kind of proven wrong with some of the things we thought and said preseason. And like, I would be, t- if he wasn't hurt, I was tempted to put DeMarco Dunn in this spot as my spot as my biggest surprise. But obviously with breaking his hand, that has set him back a little bit. And so just uh, quite didn't make the list um, on this. But yeah, that, that he goes down as my positive surprise for this team. Uh, Pack, uh, unfortunately for the way the non-conference portion of the schedule has gone, I think there's several places we could draw from for, for our biggest disappointment of the season thus far. What is it for you? Yeah, to me, I'm going to stick with with the player that disappoints me the most, and, and that's Dontrez Styles. Um, you know, I thought the way he ended last year with, you know, the big shot against Baylor and just the minutes he gave there in, in stretches in the Final Four, I, I I really was anticipating a much bigger leap this year. Like, you know, if if you would have asked me before the season started, and we did, we talked about it, I think I had Puff and Dontrez being the first two guys off the bench. and Or or Buff, Puff, Dontrez, and and, and Trimble. You know, and obviously that's not happening. Uh, He's barely playing. And to me, that's just the biggest disappointment because I expected so much more. I mean, obviously, you know, we're not there in practice. We're not seeing what's going on. Sure, sure absolutely. But there's obviously a disconnect there in some way, shape, or form. And, you know, the times when he is on the floor, he looks a little disengaged, you know. And so yeah. uh, it's definitely concerning, but it's like, you know, I don't know. I just say – I don't know if my expectations were too high, but I definitely anticipated more from him. And it's been disappointing to me to see that we haven't gotten that. Yeah. Um, for me, the the disappointment – has been the the backcourt of Caleb Love and RJ Davis. I really, really thought they were both going to take a, a strong step forward this year. And so far, I mean, it's not that they've been bad outside of three-point shooting, I guess, but it's just not been what I expected of what, not just you and I, but a lot of people around the country thought would be the best backcourt in America. I don't even think they're the best, been the best backcourt in the ACC, right? Like, um, and, and I don't like to, to say that as, as an eternal optimist, but, uh, just looking at, at what's happened on the floor, it hasn't been, there've obviously been spurts. There've been moments, things are moving in a much better direction right now. And by that I'm encouraged. But if you look at the totality of the non-conference portion of the schedule, they just haven't, I think the disappointment comes for me in that they haven't taken the big step forward that I thought they would individually and as a joined backcourt. What do you think about that? No, I, I agree with you, and I actually thought about, you know, using that as my disappointment as well. Um, obviously, anybody that listens consistently knows coming into the season, I was really high on R.J. Davis, yep. and I still am, but yep. he hasn't lived up to, to what I thought he should, um, and, and there's still time for that. But I've been, you know, there's been some time here in non-conference play where I just think we've been really sloppy with the ball. And, and not just turnovers, but shot selection. And a lot of that is on Caleb's shoulders. I think 
you know, he gets really um, me versus the world mentality sometimes <laughs> and just jacks it up and does some things where I'm like, you know, let's – I expected more. You know, going into his junior year, I thought there would be more maturity there. And, and I still think it's there at times, and you even alluded to it. It's trending in a positive direction, but can we keep trending that way consistently? You know, that's the big question mark. Yes. Yep. And so I guess time will tell. I'm hopeful, but I'm also, li like you, disappointed in what we've seen so far. Yep. Yep. There's 18 more games in the regular season to get that right, although you, you need to get it right right now so that those 18 games are coming in the way you hope for. Well, folks, we'd love to hear from you. What have been your biggest surprises and disappointments so far this season? We'd love you to share those in the comments for those of you watching. If you're listening, uh, you can hop on YouTube and leave comments or you can DM the show. You can send us an email, any of that stuff. Well, next, Pack and I are going to turn our attention to that 18-game remaining slate the rest of the regular season and give you two to three storylines that we are both keeping a close eye on for the rest of the season. We're going to do that in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to the college football bowl season to basketball, they've got it all at Bet Online. Make sure, folks, that you check out the line for tonight's holiday bowl between North Carolina and the Oregon Ducks. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And folks, uh, for your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with experts and insights that only we at Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Pack, let us hit the good folks of the show with some storylines we're looking ahead to for the conference portion of the season. I know we're already two games into that. The Tar Heels are sitting at one and one right now, a loss at Virginia Tech and then a win over Georgia Tech, but there are 18 more to go. Let's bounce back and forth with this. Why don't you start with a storyline and then I'll bring in one after you. Yeah, the first storyline for me is, is defensive consistency. Um, yeah. You know, that's been a thing where, you know, at times we've talked about this before with this team in general in, in a multiple, multiple different areas. But at times I feel like we look like we're all Americans across the board on the defensive end. And then there's times where I'm like, my gosh, are we going to get a stop? Like, are <laughs> we just going to trade buckets all day or what? You know, and, you know, going into ACC play, that can't be our mentality. Right. Um, there has to, we have to start trajecting upwards there. And, um, you know, I know the ACC is not, not as tough as it's been in the past, but it's very crucial for us given the fact that we gave up some very important non-conference wins that we have a solid showing in the conference play. So to me, I'd like to see our defensive, uh, just our defense continue to trend upwards. I know that we're currently 56th in, pin, in uh, Ken Palm, and, you know, to me, that needs to be – I'd like to see that crack the top 40. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, I mean, if I'm just being real about it, I don't see a reason why we shouldn't be. Yes, you know? yes. And, and at this point, I know it'd be tough to crack the top 40 because, 
those get so many games are under our belt already. It's, you know, it gets continually tougher to move up into Ken Palm, but nonetheless, I mean, the talent and the way our, our roster is and the opponents that we're getting ready to play. I mean, it's not exactly like the ACC is a gauntlet this year. There's no reason why we shouldn't be dominating on both sides of the ball. I Just not 100% agree with that. Um, and then, you know, the next storyline is do we continue to have a lack of depth? Like, or is a better way to put it an uh, inconsistency of, of our depth? You know, like obviously there's been games where T Nick pops off the bench and does his thing or Trimble does his thing, but we it seems like we never get Puff, Trimble, and Nickel, and potentially even Jalen Washington all playing consistently at the same time. You know, and to me, we need that. You know, we we've talked about that, you know, last year being a problem. Yep. And this year being hopefully something that was a problem solved. And as clearly as we can see, it's not. And so uh, to me, you know, we, we need that improved consistency off the bench. And hopefully, you know, hopefully we can get that. And hopefully Hubert finds that, you know, a happy medium of being able to play those guys enough minutes and get consistency from them that we can cut down on RJ and Caleb and Mondo and Leakey's minutes so that they can be healthy come March. Yep. So. Yep. And that, that was a clear thing last year where the, I mean, they were still performing at a high level, but there were, their bodies were just breaking down more quickly as games wore on. Mm-hmm. And I think perhaps never evidenced quite as much as in the second half of the national championship game. Unfortunately, That's- unfortunately it had to happen then. As for me, the two that I really want to point out, number one is assist percentage. It has been trending absolutely in the right direction as Carolina has been in this four game winning streak. Three of the last four have been over 50%. When we're talking about assist percentage, we're just talking about the number of made baskets on which Carolina assisted, which to me is, I mean, it's not the total indicator, but it is a major indicator of Carolina moving better on offense, sharing the ball well, learning how to play with one another, which in the portal era, in the NIL era, I think that's going to be an annual thing for a lot of teams is learning through the non-conference portion of the schedule. How do do we interact and play together on the offensive side of the ball? Now, clearly, um, Carolina, when you look at their offensive efficiency, they're 10th in the nation at Ken Palm. And so that is an encouraging sign. Yet, I still think there is room for improvement there against Michigan. They were back under 50% slightly. I think they were in the 40s in assist percentage. But I want to see that number continue to grow to where the season average is up at or above 50%. So that's something I'm really, really watching for as the season wears on. The second thing is it feels to me like as also as part of this four-game winning streak that Mondo has really been coming into his own. I know he only had five rebounds against Michigan, but it was like he really didn't need to do quite as much on the glass, um, but did everything else. Um, and, and in the games uh, since he sat out that Virginia Tech game, he's really been just taking steps forward. He looks more like himself, looks healthier, and certainly this long stretch off since that Michigan game before the Tar Heels play at Pittsburgh on Friday is going to do uh, particularly his shoulder and his lower body well. And so I'm I'm really um, excited to see that continued progression. For those who have been reading and keeping up with the Tar Heels, you know that they've made some tweaks in how Armando um, runs to the rim versus uh, setting up in the high post, maybe set some screens and do other stuff. And that seems to have 
opened up the offense a little bit. And so we need to keep tabs on that to see how that that tweak in the offensive sets continues to help things there. In terms of a couple extra storylines that we haven't mentioned yet, um, that I know are both of which are on pack and Mai's mind, are number one, Jalen Washington's progression. He mentioned him as Pac did as we as he talked about bench depth. Um, I think his progression into more and more playing time and more and more confidence coming off of injuries, I think is pivotal for Carolina's um, front court depth and success, both in the short and long term. I think he is going to be somebody when you think about losing probably Armando, definitely Pete Nance next year, Jalen Washington is somebody that you're looking to, to play major minutes. And so that starts right now moving in that direction. And then the, the final one that I'll point out is three point shooting. Um, Carolina as a team has just not been this year where they expected to be, or frankly should be. Um, and there, there's a lot of room for continued growth there as they, I think some of it is, as as they continue to pound the ball into Mondo, I think that's going to open up more shooting lanes. We've seen a little bit better shooting the last couple games. Um, maybe this time off will do good for RJ and Caleb and they can both start to find some more consistency, but it's gotta be more guys. It can't just be leaky occasionally and RJ and Caleb and Pete needs to find more consistency. You got to start working Jalen Washington in um, nickel needs to start hitting even more consistently. And so we're looking at those things packing any last things you want to say on any of those other storylines that I've mentioned there. Yeah, I'll just uh, tap in on Jalen Washington real quick. You know, I, I'm very intrigued, and I think I speak for all Tar Heels fans when I say this, of how he gets handled come ACC play. Are we finally going to take the reins off and let him go and turn him loose, or do we continue to work him in sparingly? Like, I just have so many question marks, and I'm, I'm excited to see because I kind of get the feeling, and Isaac, you correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe it's just a gut feeling that, He's going to start seeing the court a lot more yeah. um, because we need him to. Yep. I mean, to be honest, we have to have him. Yep. Uh, but, and, you know, I don't want to say that and get everybody's hopes up. I don't have any, any reason to think that sure. other than it's just a gut feeling. Yep. But I do, I do hope to see him a lot more. I think he's going to be a solid contributor come ACC play. No corrections from me at all, Pac. I think, I think some people might be wondering, you know, given Coach Davis's penchant for not using bench depth much, people might be thinking, like I've heard a lot of comments from people saying, why aren't they playing Jalen Washington more? Why aren't they playing Jalen Washington more? They don't try. Like, to me, it's not about the coaching staff's decision. It's about his his capability and readiness coming back from injury, getting up to game speed, conditioning, those things. And and so I think it's they they are going to utilize him as soon as his body allows it and as much as his body allows it. So I, I think that is the only thing holding his minutes back right now is just his readiness and, and physical health. And so I, I'm right with you. I think um, we will see a continued growth of more and more minutes as the season wears on and that helps both pete and mondo's bodies hold up as well folks we want to move into our final portion of today's conversation and this is just some predictions ahead of all ac or excuse me of the acc portion of the schedule and so we'd love to hear your predictions same thing we talked about earlier with surprises and disappointments uh, we're going to look at we're both going to predict final conference 
record for these final 18 games. Um, we're going to predict our conference finish in the regular season for the Tar Heels, and we're going to predict the four teams that get the double buys in the ACC tournament. I've been having Pat go first, so I'm going to go first this time around and make him follow me. Take that, Coach Pat Kilby. So, as we said, the Tar Heels are 1-1 one one in the ACC so far, so have 18 games left. So we're predicting what they will do in those final 18 games. As I look at their schedule, um, I see only two games where I believe they will be underdogs the rest of the way, and that is at Virginia and at Duke. Um, and, and even still, I don't think they will be massive underdogs. Um, probably They'll probably be bigger dogs at Virginia than at Duke, I would guess, at this point in the season. Um but, you know, let's say you count those as losses. And then given the inconsistency the Tar Heels have shown thus far this season, although, again, as we've said, they're taking steps in the right direction, but you got to look at the whole body of work so far. I'll project two other losses. Um, it's just it's hard to win uh, on the road in conference play. We know that. Um, we know they're going to be te- like um, – teams that just give some fits here and there. And so uh, we'll wait to see. One of the nice things is that Miami's been playing really well. Carolina only sees them at home. There's some other stuff like that, but um, I'll predict Carolina to finish the conference season. These final 18 games going 14 and four, meaning that they are 15 and five overall in conference play pack. What about you? Yeah, I actually, you know, I, I haven't told you this. I, I like your 14 and four projection <laughs> a lot. But just to be different, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. And I'm gonna guess 13 and five, so that would put us at 14 and six overall in ACC play. And I just hearing 14 and six does not sound good to me, especially uh, given the strength of the ACC this year. Yeah, yeah, agree. Lack thereof, I should say, perhaps. So here's the hope, and you're right, and I'm wrong. <laughs> yes, because 14 and six is just quite frankly underwhelming. So yeah, I, I you know, I'll go with 13 and five just because. You know, we haven't been, as we've mentioned multiple times already on the show, we just haven't been consistent enough for me to trust us yet. Um, but I think that if we get off to, you know, a good start coming back to to play against, you know, at Pittsburgh and then hosting Wake, that's two two games we get a chance to revenge those losses that we took last year. That's right. So, uh, we need to do that. And I think that would be a very good start for us, especially considering, you know, Wake's playing really good right now uh, and got the win against Duke you know, not all that long ago. So right. hopefully we can, uh, we can get off to a hot start. start and listen, yeah. And Pitt's two and zero in the ACC as well wins over <laughs> NC state at NC state and at Syracuse. So listen, Pitt is going to be no uh, walkover on Friday. And so uh, keep an eye on that. Yeah. Two big games to get back in to uh, basketball shape here as we go. Um, as for the conference regular season finish, for the heels, I'm going to say that they will finish second overall behind not Duke, but Virginia, who, you know, coming into the season, most people said, oh, it'll be Carolina or it'll be Duke. I'm going to say the Virginia Cavaliers. Um, Tony Bennett just always has a way of seeming uh, to be able to do it well. Interestingly, I think Carolina will be able to play well against the Cavs again this year. I just love what Hubert did, Coach Davis did last year, putting Leaky on Kihei Clark. I think he'll do some of that again. So I think Carolina might perform well against Virginia. I just think the Cavs will do well, perhaps more consistently in other games than will the Tar Heels. What about you, Pac? 
Yeah, I've kind of been battling back and forth between finishing second or third. And I think I just decided, like just now, <laughs> that I think they're going to finish second. Um, I, and the only reason I was battling is because, honestly, I think Wake presents a lot of problems for a yeah. lot of teams. And they've just been playing really good. And, you know, one it's one of the more underrated home court advantages in college basketball. I'm just going to tell you that when that place is rocking, that's a tough place to go win. And Steve Forbes has done a really good job there. And so I battled with whether or not we'd finish second or third. But I'm gonna. I, I've got us finishing second. Um, I just think we're trending in the right direction. I think we're finding our footing. Um, we get to host Wake at home, which is advantage us. So uh, I'll take I'll take Carolina to finish second behind UVA as well. I think Virginia's. Man, I just think they're really good. I think Tony Bennett's one of the best coaches in the country. Um, I still like us to be better in March, but I'll take UVA to win the ACC regular season. Yeah. Yep, teams are composed differently that can hold out well over that long haul versus tournament play. One thing to keep an eye on, though, right now for the Cavs is Reese Beekman has been a little banged up with a hamstring injury. I know the Cavs are hoping that this time off has done him well. And then Carolina will travel to Wake on Tuesday, February 7th. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. Uh, We're going to wrap up our conversation today by talking about um, who the four teams are we think will get double buys, the top four teams in the ACC. So basically what happens if you're not aware, folks, is when we get to ACC conference tournament time, uh, you can get you can start play on the first day on Tuesday. You can get a single buy to Wednesday. You can get a double buy to Thursday. And it's the top four conference teams that get that double buy. And so it seems that there is a clear top three. Um, and we'll have to find out if Pac and I agree on those. But then also, if we do, who would that fourth team be? Pac, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Yeah. Uh, my four teams are UNC, Virginia, Wake Forest, and Puke. Ooh. I mean, I mean, Duke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, those are my four. I think, you know, obviously there's a clear argument for Miami to be in there. And the only reason I went with Wake is just because I just, like I mentioned earlier, I'm high on on Coach Forbes and what he's got going on over there. And I think they have a really good home court advantage when they're playing good ball, and and they are. And so I'll take them. But I could also totally see, you know, Miami or even Virginia Tech sliding in there too. Yes, absolutely. Virginia Tech could as well. Is that the order? What what order would you rank them? And obviously you've already said Virginia 1, Carolina 2. What would you do with Duke and Wake? I'll go Wake 3, Duke 4. Okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. So that's even uh, a little bit of a, a flip-flop there. I love to see it. would be great to see the Demon Deacons rising to some prominence this year. For me, I've got uh, a similar three, Carolina, Virginia, and Duke. And then I am going to slot the Miami Hurricanes in fourth. I love that call with Wake. I, I love to see them kind of rising up. I know they lose Alondis Williams from last year, but they've got Tyree Appleby, who's another transfer in. It's having a great year at that similar guard spot as Williams last year. He won't be conference player of the year. Cough, cough, Armando Baycott should have won. Um, but I am st- sticking with that idea of backcourt. I'm going to say that Miami will be that fourth uh, double by team. I love what Isaiah Wong is doing for them uh, in the backcourt. Nigel Pack has just been okay despite all that money they threw into his wallet coming over uh, from K-State this year. But they've got um, several other guys contributing some some nice frontcourt pieces. Um, 
And uh, I, I like what Jim Laranega's teams are always tough. And so I'm going to go with them. I, I like that call though. Virginia Tech, I think will be, you know, probably top six, definitely in the ACC this year as well. Pack, that's a great call from you. Well, this is the beauty of it, folks. Pack and I can talk about all this, but now they're going to have to go play it all out on the court all the way up from now until the beginning of March. We got three great months of basketball ahead of us. And that ain't even including conference tournaments and March Madness. So buckle up. It's going to be a great beginning to 2023. And hopefully the Tar Heels will be turning things around and moving back in the right direction. Obviously, we know they are back in the AP poll this week, although right at 25th. But they can keep moving up with a win on Friday at Pitt. Well, friends, that is it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Thanks so much for joining Pac and I. We had a great time being with you. You can follow Pac on Twitter at Coach underscore K23. You can follow the show at Locked on Heels. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. Send us an email to the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. For your next listen, make sure to check out Locked on Sports today. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and of course, the take of the day. It's available on Odyssey, YouTube, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Hey, please also don't forget to subscribe to the show, smash the like button, and leave some comments on today's conversation. For my guy, Pat Kilby, I'm Isaac Shade, thanking you so much for joining us and reminding you that it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, when hopefully we're celebrating a holiday bowl victory. Peace.